Greetings, and welcome to the Pampering Myself Podcast, an advocacy for self-care. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and most importantly, we'll learn that you can't pour from an empty cup. You'll hear stories, interviews, and conversations which will empower you in living your best life. Greetings, and welcome to the Pampering Myself Podcast. I'm your host, Pam Jones, a.k.a. Jonesy, and I'm so excited about today's topic. In this episode, we'll be focusing on physical fitness. I remember in my younger years, I was into high-impact aerobics, which is defined as a high-intensity workout. Now, those workouts were led by instructors, and it would usually last 30 to 60 minutes. But that's a term you don't hear very much these days, like the outfits we wore. (laughs) I recall going to the gym was like a fashion show. Some of you ladies know what I'm talking about. You didn't just wear any old thing like we do today. I ran across a picture that I had uh, where I wore purple leotards, matching tights, white ankle socks, and a headband and wristbands. But of course, that was so many years ago. Today is all about the workout. And our guest is going to share with us in ways in which we can achieve the same results, according to research, without high-impact aerobics. Today, my special guest is Gwendolyn Lewis. She's a mother, a wife, a published author, a storyteller, and a retiree. So we're going to dive right in today's topic on how to keep physically fit, our favorite thing to do, exercise. We know it's such an important part of our overall health, so without further ado, please help me welcome Gwendolyn Lewis. Hello, Pam Jones. And how are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. And thank you for coming. Um, like most women, Gwen, you wear many hats. How do you find the time to pamper yourself? And if you don't mind, what are some of the things that you indulge in? How do I find the time with, oh my goodness. I think I just say, this is important for me. And when it's important, it's a cliche, when it's important for me, it's easier to work with people around me, but it's important to me. And what I enjoy doing is race walking. I saw people walking, and then I saw a magazine, and it enticed me. I know one in my neighborhood was doing that. Well, since then, 15 years later, I still race walk. Uh, and you, you said something really important. Um making things a priority. So we're going to get to the nitty-gritty of this conversation. But before we do, I ask permission before this interview, because I know some of you don't like sharing your age. But Gwen, could you tell us how old you are? I'm 69 years old. 69. 69 and still ticking. I thought that was important because I wanted women to know, first of all, how well you wear a 69 and how important it is for women of all ages, particularly in their senior years, to continue focusing on their health and welfare. Self-care is so important, and Gwen has been an advocate of self-care 
for many years. Last year, she presented a presentation titled, When the Battle is Over, We Shall Have a Crown, at one of our events. And today, I thought it would be nice for her to share that presentation with our listening audience. So, Gwen, you joined the, the Michigan Senior Citizens Olympics. Can you tell us what that is? Well, the Michigan Senior Olympics is a group that's are organized. They respect seniors and the age is 50 or older. They respect seniors and say, you can do what you want to do. Well, let me just clarify that. No, I can't pickleball. No, I can't run a 400 meter, but others can. No, I'm not that avid dancer, and that's part of Senior Olympics, but others can. So within that competitive sport arena that is out there for us, there are many, many people, not only in Michigan, but throughout the United States. And there is a World Senior Olympics where they still have that competitive edge. Competitive, but still want to enjoy a healthy lifestyle. And I, I, that's what you get when you become part of not only Senior Olympics, but be part of being conscious of your health. Now, I like that word, respect seniors, because that's something that does, is not often given to our seniors. But I'm just curious, what type of competition is included in this Olympics? Well, whether you think it's uh, or not, or think it's appropriate, it's ballroom dancing. <laughs> Imagine that. Yes. Pickleball, softball, basketball, race walking, road racing, <laughs> bowling, and for those who are not race walkers, it's that fast walking called power walking. And there are some more activities. Some local organizations of Senior Olympics, such as the Detroit Senior Olympics, may have horseshoes. Or they may also have um, uh, cooking, baking, and crafts. Senior Olympics can be anything that can inspire your mental and physical health. And I know it's been proven in a lot of research that when seniors are more active and involved in activity, it, um, it keeps you energized and Actually, it extends your life because I can only imagine uh, going home when people retire, like when my parents might have retired in their uh, early 60s that they went home and sat down. I know this is a different generation altogether. So we don't go home and sit down. At least that's not the intent if you can help it. So is it your thought that these activities um is what keep you looking youthful and feeling youthful and um, getting around? I do believe, and I want to use an example. Sometime I go through a lull of race walking or exercise, and I notice after I read a, a 
a newspaper to be able to relate some of the information to my friends and acquaintances maybe an hour or the next day I have to kind of think what did I read if I'm sitting around and just enjoying nothing which I, I have to say I do sometimes I'm tired and sluggish but when I am reading when I am exercising or interacting just walking around and being uh, busy I notice I remember things I can communicate a, a lot better and I also well um, compete and be around other people who are doing well I agree with you on that note because there's often times that I'll say oh I forgot something and it could be something so simple I know uh, as we age, certain things are expected, but the um, ability to be able to have clarity and cross your legs and tie your shoestrings, some of those things are just um, that you'll lose if you don't keep limber and in shape. Now, Gwen not only just talked the talk, she also walks the walk, pardon the pun, because she's the recipient of many awards. Uh, can you share with us some of the awards that you have won? They have, as they generally, as you generally see for the Olympics, a moment of acknowledging the winners. You have the first place, second place, third place, the gold medal, the bronze medal, the silver medal, whichever, and they always go all the way to the seventh place with ribbons. But uh, I was fortunate enough to have a good trainer and fortunate enough to be part of the awardees. I've won first place in local events. I've traveled around the country, Louisville, Kentucky, California, Houston, in which I won uh, places and, and medals. I participated in the Detroit Free Press Marathon and several times 13 half mile I mean I'm sorry not the half mile the half marathon marathon which is 13 miles and I've also uh, participated in the full marathon and there's uh, other recent ones that I've participated in which was um, not too long ago where I the winter of 2019 where I received first place in race walking and second place in power walking. Well, congratulations, because what you just made me remember many years ago, I did a walk, and it was during the time that, uh, for those who are familiar with the Detroit metropolitan area, we would walk from... Uh, the Detroit Medical Center, all the way down Jefferson, around Belleau, back up through the post office. I forgot how many uh, miles it was, but it would take three to four hours to complete that walk. And I was determined to complete that walk that one year. And I did it. And of course, I had a blister um, on my thigh because a little tiny hole um, was ripped in my pants. When I got to the 
parked there at um, on the edge of the water. I sat down in the chair, mistake number one, and I eventually got myself up. When I got home, I sat in a bathtub of Epsom salt, <laughs> and I was no good for the rest of the day. Yes. For the rest of the day, I was in the bed <laughs> sore, mm-hmm. and I vowed never to do that again. <laughs> so, and of course, of course, I had to be somewhere in my 20s. So, I mean, I, I thought I was in good shape at that time. I wasn't overweight. I, I had youth on my side. But that was something on my body. So that brings me to... Um, Preparation, because it could have all been about me preparing um, myself for it. And I think I heard you say you had a trainer. So how do you prepare for these uh, marathons and these walks? What do you suggest people do? Well, don't just get out there. And you need to start ahead of time in training. For example, if the Detroit Free Press Marathon is in October, maybe May, you will slowly start your walking, getting distances, and speed, and research, and assistance, so you can do that. You don't just start off saying, okay, in October the 16th, the day before, I'm going to participate in the marathon. You need clothing. Uh, The appropriate clothing would be something as simple as a a good pair of shoes. Uh, A good pair of socks. I had to learn that there are certain socks that may uh, not as dry or or tender, or I should say dry, too dry for your feet, and you will get a blister. So all that happens, so you have your clothing on. In the sun, in the summertime, which I did a lot of training, you may you will have your shorts on and you will have a top on. But don't forget sunscreen. Don't forget sunscreen. That's very important. And also, don't forget your water. So starting off with just moderate walking every other day. Then every other day, Every other day of that, a little speed, get a little speed in there. Timing is, is, is very important because you don't get out on the day of a race and say, I wonder how fast I go. You are timing yourself, you, you counting your steps as much as you can. And, but you cannot just do it the day before. You must practice. Yes, and I guess I had to learn that uh, the hard way. But I have this question here. A friend of mine, we were walking together, and for me it was the continuous to walk because I felt that once I stopped, that's when I was going to realize that I was walking, my body was. As long as I was moving, I, I got to a point where I felt like I was no longer in control. It just moved on its own. That was what was going on in my mind. But she had bought some extra socks and wanted to stop and change. I'm, I'm not sure if that was a good idea or not. She didn't finish the walk. She ended up getting on a shuttle bus because at any point they could pick you up. 
but that was the competition uh, in me that I had to finish that walk mm -hmm. if I never did another one. But would you suggest changing shoes or socks or anything Not in the me. middle? No, 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 because uh, you're talking about something timed. Mm -hmm. Something timed and completing and was official race. Okay. If you're, if, if you are even um, in training. Yeah, is that, that a good idea at all? I, you're training with time, you're training with, but sometimes you, that was her thing. Okay. That was her thing. I could see stopping for water. Right. They I gave us see, water. Uh, um, and your gym shoes don't wear out at that particular race. But there's a whole issue about gym shoes. Uh, amount of times, uh, uh, I should say, not steps, but how long you keep a pair of gym shoes. Right. I've heard that. that. that they they kind of wear out. Um, Sometimes you put your feet in and your hips are hurting. Okay. You need new gym shoes. Okay. But getting back to the socks, that's the first timer. That's the okay. first time I've heard that. You, you're in a race, you you want to complete. And okay. with the many races that I've been in, the only thing they slow down with is water. And what the endurance they need. Yes. Yes. Now, I've decided to um, start working around, walking, actually, in my neighborhood. Uh, would you suggest that as, as a good place to start? Usually, I see people running, um, walkers, not very fast, but I think that's a place where I can, um, I can at least start, even the mall. Any other suggestions? What I've noticed, uh, you mentioned neighborhood. Uh, we also have to look about our surroundings in our neighborhood and be comfortable and once you're comfortable, you can you can stay with it if, if if that's how far you can go and the location is well convenient for you. However, the mall gives you a, a stretch too. It's indoor where so you have the options. If it's raining, some people do run and run or walk in the rain. Mm -hmm. However, you're inside, so the the mall gives you that another option some people and this is a whole dynamics of it the mall is enclosed you don't have the fresh air so it's just nice to be outside in the fresh air walking and uh, the neighborhood is fine if you're you're okay with it. running walking at a track well People who are walking in the track have the same like mind as you do. They are walking or running right by you. And so there's a little supportiveness or comfort. Okay, and you feel I safe. agree, yes. You feel safe there. Yes. So it's just what's good for you. Some people of various ages cannot get to the mall. Some people for various ages or, or difficulties can only walk a certain length. But it will be good if they get out and walk the block and back. So it will depend, but if you're on competition, the track, or uh, not in the mall, maybe around the outside perimeter mm -hmm. of the water mall, would be conducive to you. Now here's another um, question I have. I don't know if you have the answer to this, but I have seen people in 10 degree below zero weather with shorts 
and a t-shirt on running outside. I know the body heats up. Have you ever done anything like that? And if so, what are the repercussions? Because to me, it seems like they would still build up a sweat, even if they didn't sweat until they got back inside. And that would, I, I, I don't know, cause some form of illness, a cold or something. Um, I guess you're saying where's the timing, where's the best place to walk weather-wise. And I'm finding out, I see people out walk, walking or running, and they are enjoying themselves. My degree of getting out would be late 40-degree weather mm -hmm. to 50 degrees for sure. It's, I try to go inside finding a place to walk okay. otherwise. Okay. Now, um, back to this race walking. There is a form that you shared with the um, workshop participants on how to actually um, race walk. Could you go through that with us? Okay. Uh, race walking is where you have the swerving of the hips. You've seen people like that. And having the front leg has to be straight as it's touched the ground. In competition, there are actually people there who will show a little plaque if you do not have that. And you're so you can get marked. Oh, you're, disqualified. Uh, you, uh, you will get marked down the first time. And depending on the race, maybe the second time. Okay. But if you continue, you're, you're, you're out of the race. You could have traveled 300 miles, but if you don't have that leg straight and with not the swerving hips, you are disqualified. Okay. But I think it depends on, I, I know it depends on the race. Some play, races say, oh, one time. Another race say, second okay. time. Okay. So it's kind of like. on the board. Like the, um, w whether it's Dancing with the Stars or where they have the judges and they look for form Correct. Uh, versus, so the race walking has to be in a certain form. Right. you swerving the hips. Your arms are at L shape. I mean, uh, 90 degrees, I think that's what it is. Okay. And you see people doing regular walking with their arms straight down. I learned a long time ago, even in slow walking, you should have them at a 90-degree L-shape. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more power boost yes, or yes. something, yes. Also, if you notice, your, all your blood is going down in your hand, and your hand is, is really getting tired. Right. And you notice they will look, look a little puffy, so they should be at that L-shape. The shoulders are relaxed, and you lean from your hips. Not from your neck, but from your hips. Okay. And you you get that automatically swerve with the hips, and it's a heel-toe, heel-toe, heel-toe. There are many people who who are disqualified. I've seen that. Uh, there are many. They, they shout out good form, good form, if you do it correctly. Okay, so I guess there are um, ways to exercise and we know that when you go in a gym and you have a personal trainer, they're training you the right way in any form of exercise. So mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that just like with race walking or anything, there's a right way and a wrong way. Mm -hmm. 
And that's something we should keep in mind. Now, I mentioned a personal trainer because I wanted to go to the next level of competition and win. If you are singing and you are in a competition, you would like a singing coach. Uh -huh. So that's the reason I have used a coach. I'm not saying everybody who is part of Michigan, uh, the Senior Olympics, right? or if you're walking at a fast speed to either lose weight or for all the benefits of walking, mm -hmm. it's just something that I use okay. when I want to get uh, maybe a, a boost before a competition. Right. Uh, uh, so I can do a little better. Okay. So okay. It, it depends on how serious the person wants to be in the Olympics. Uh, whether they, like you, want to go to the highest level, they may just want to be satisfied with being in the Olympics mm -hmm. and not necessarily the, necessarily the medals. But that is um, that's something to consider because their skill levels might not be up to yours, but still they're benefiting from just the movement right. and to keep going. So we don't want to discourage anyone who is not um, looking for a competition to mm -hmm. still uh, get involved because it's something nice to do and to prove to yourself and the benefits alone. Gwen's going to go over some of the benefits um, shortly of walking that are great um, for you. Now, the one thing... Um, Gwen, I know you didn't really mention, but I know it's important about the stretching um, because uh, you can injure yourself if you don't warm up or, or stretch. Is that correct? No, that's, so, that's correct. That's so true. I have to say, because we're not talking, well, I'm, everything's to this point. I'm a race walker. In the beginning, I did not stretch. I felt it was a waste of time mm -hmm. to stretch. I wanted to just get out there and jump walk. into it. And I did that for many years until I was noticing, oh, my, my calves are hurting, my feet are hurting, my waist are hurting. And I was talking to a man who was took about 15 minutes to stretch. And he said, well... I stretch because it, it really helps me, and my wife didn't stretch the other day, and she's at home now. <laughs> right. So I I pulled all this advice together, my my ailments and what he was doing, and what he as he was a top notch, uh, race walker I have to say, and his what his wife was going through, and decided that this is the thing to do. Uh, when you vocalize for singing, right? You uh, some my preparation move before you get up there. To Absolutely. Sing. So it's the stretching is very important, and those little things on that can stretch just by putting your hand on the back of your head and going up with your elbows up and down and going from side to side by just. Uh, Curving your shoulders, taking your shoulders up and down. It's a little stretch for your body. By trying to touch your toes is a stretch. By, but one of my cute favorite ones is crossing my legs and trying to just touch my toes. Mm. And then right to the left 
and then I do it to the left, to the right. And stretching with your arms straight out and turning to the left without moving any parts, other part of your body. And do it and do the same thing, turning to your right. Those could be some things to get started with. But stretching is very important. And I can see how stretching will also be important in getting out the bed in the morning. <laughs> they, there are some people <laughs> who just jump right, right up and right. say, ouch, that has happened to me on numerous mm-hmm. occasions. There are some people and who who say who are, are avid exercisers say there some stretching you should do in getting out the bed. Yes. Uh, and that would even make you feel a little better as you go through the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. Okay, well, Gwen, um, that information has been very helpful. But what I'd like for you to do now is um, share those benefits of walking. I know you have some um, information of those who are not convinced that walking is of a benefit if it is the only thing that you can do. What are the um, benefits to us walking? Convince us that it is something that we want to incorporate at least a couple times a week. I'm just sitting here smiling because there are so many benefits and walking is good for you and is one of the most inexpensive uh, weight loss uh, techniques. Weight lossing techniques. And I should say, if you can walk, they said 10,000 steps. <laughs> start, start slower, maybe... 5,000. And if you work around the house and, and run an errand and do a few things, you're close to three to 5,000 steps a day. And doing that every day and being conscious along with the other things that you do for weight loss, you will notice that it could be a number one thing for you to do. And that is weight, losing your weight. A healthy heart. Well, I place this, what I'm getting ready to tell you, on what exam I had. They were, did a vascular exam on me, and they said that I had a heart of a 39-year-old at the age of 69. And I, I say that has something not only to do to any other exercise I do, but with walking. It's a benefit for your heart. Self-esteem and improving mood. Oh, I have to say that is something that I I witness. I have friends who will, as they say, check me when I'm negative. And I don't usually talk negative about things. They will say, have you walked lately? People have asked me that. And that, I would say, is that mood thing. Of if, if I have a bad mood, I, that means um, I probably will talk negative about You're things. You're right. So what I, what I, I have to smile when, every, and I have to smile when every time someone says that because at that point I didn't walk. And I was not walking for maybe a week or a couple of days. So to keep that mood up, I have, I suggest walking is being a benefit. 
feeling good about yourself. That's one thing I can cross off on my day of reaching a goal, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to just say I'm walking for uh, confidence, whether it's saying that is something that I'm going to do, I can cross that off my list. And anything that you can cross off your list that is good for you, it will boost that self-esteem. I, 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 I'm getting this together. I'm getting this total package together of myself and feeling good about it. Self-esteem. Um, reduces stress. Uh, several times throughout our lives, throughout the day, but throughout our lives and my life, I knew I was going to go through something that was going to be stressful or at that moment stressful. That afternoon, evening, or during that occasion, I tried to walk as much as I could. That's my distressor. What I would do, I would put my gym shoes on and go to the park not far from me and walk. And the outdoors seemed to be uh, medicine for me. And either even I have to talk it out or just walk. Those endorphins would just uh, uh, gather it within me and present a better feeling about whatever I was going through. There is a reduced risk of high blood pressure. Now, there are some, I have to say, who have to take medicine for their high blood pressure. There are some people who would just sit and their pressure will go up and down while they're sitting there. So I'm quite sure there are some who would say, well, well, there's something uh, uh, I'm not sure about this. But what I would like to say, try walking, add that to your prescriptions, and hopefully that would make a difference. Not being a doctor, but usually when I have not walked, and recently my blood pressure has gone up to maybe 130, 140 over 80. Normally my blood pressure is 118 over 80. And I say with the, any exercise and walking, that has helped me. Strengthen my bones and joints. Well, I do not have many joint concerns. And when I do, I change my gym shoes. Uh, and, but walking helped work on balance. Now, I have to say I had to learn how to walk. Uh, on the sidewalks because there are cracks in the sidewalks and 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 things that would would slow you down but what I've learned is how to walk outside and make it beneficial for myself it increases my energy I have to say when I do walk I when I finish my walking routine I seem like I can just clean the house, cook one or two meals. <laughs> I'm a superwoman. But the, I guess what, I, what it's doing for me is making my overall body, my mood, and my uh, uh, way of thinking, and my metabolism, my bones and joints, all work together for me. And this is all about 
walking. Just about walking. And you're absolutely right, Gwen. I agree with you. And a couple of those I like to comment on, particularly the um, healthy heart, because as we know, Heart disease is the number one cause of death among women, and it has continuously climbed in the United States. And it's not only in the elderly, um, referring to 50 and above, but it's also the younger women. And it's because of stress being the number one cause of the heart disease. So if you exercise or walk, you, uh, as you stated, you decrease your stress level. And so that helps. It also helps your blood pressure because you are moving more. So your blood pressure naturally goes down. It would be a dream for me to be able to get off my blood pressure medicine, which I've been on since I was 18 years old. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to, to be consistent with um, getting off of it, but it has been under control. So I guess that's a blessing in itself. And I know that when I'm at my optimum health, I feel good. So that increased the self-esteem and all of that is uh, absolute. Um, it works. So uh, we are coming to the end of this podcast. I'd just like to know, Gwen, if there's anything else you'd like to leave, uh, words of wisdom or any suggestions you'd like to leave our audience. I would like to share a story. My mother walked a lot. People would see her in the neighborhood walking to the grocery store, walking to church, walking to her friend's house. And when she was in an accident, automobile accident, at that point she was 90 years old, she, her, she had a broken hip. People, the doctors were saying, well, um, I don't know if she's going to do well. But I had the confidence that the way she maintained herself with all that walking, that she would do well. She healed better in the hospital and through rehab than some of the younger people who had broken hips or who was in there for uh, similar operations and from accidents. Leaving that with you, try walking as often as you can. Sometimes you can get a buddy. That's inspirational, competition, goal setting. But if you can't, get out there because it's for you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gwen. Absolutely. So I'd like to leave you with this as always. Please pamper yourself and know that self-care is the most important thing. Take care.